0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen. Joined today, my good friend, Bradford Sonnenberg, back with us today. Uh, schedule changed up a little bit. We'll be doing our Chief Steep Dive today as Bradford had something pressing come up tomorrow. So he will not be with us tomorrow. But my good friend, Christian Esparza, um, uh, a gentleman I worked with briefly in sports radio and a good friend of mine, he will be jumping on. Uh, He is also a Broncos fan, so Mason, just prepare yourself. There might be a little bit of Broncos talk tomorrow, I think. And And a uh, whole lot of sadness. I'll drink it in. A whole lot of sadness. And uh, also, I just think that um, we'll be talking a little bit about some Super Bowl storylines, which I haven't been able to come up with a ton, to be completely honest with you. That's going to be my job for tomorrow um, Bradford also with us but before Bradford chimes in uh, I just have to ask Mason Mason did you listen to l- last the last episode of the podcast if you didn't that's totally fine
1: I have not gotten around to that yet no
0: okay I have a question for you then and Bradford is not allowed to speak for uh, the next, not
2: no not this again
0: I will be muting Bradford uh, oh, Mason, here we go. Would you describe 9-11 as the greatest American tragedy of our lifetime?
1: Of our lifetime? I mean, yeah. I I, I and I, I think you're talking to probably like the right person for it because like I was in ninth grade when it happened. Like I remember exactly where I was sitting when we heard about it and it was on the radio and stuff. Like I was at like a super impressionable age for it. So like I'm in that same boat as like people who are now in like their seventies would say that JFK probably was because they were in that age range where like when it hit, it was like during those really really formative years. Um, but no, I I I would probably agree with you that I think of our generation and well my generation at least and and forward that's probably it. I was, I, I mean the only thing I could think of that might even come close and again i was so young was um the oklahoma city bombing
0: now
2: i never said that with
0: that being said with that being said would you describe (laughs) the fact that the american public will have to choose either the chiefs or the eagles to root for this uh this super bowl sunday as the equivalent of 9-11 it, absolutely, uh, I've been asked multiple times um, <laughs> who I'm rooting
1: for in this Super Bowl, and I'll tell you guys as honestly as I've told everyone else, it's the Meteor. Um, I'm hoping that just a, a merciful space rock careens from the sky and hits Glendale, Arizona, at about six thirty p.m. on Sunday, and saves us all from having to watch that freaking game.
0: I <laughs> like, will just. I want to be I, very I, clear. I, I, I will I just say not... this. I, like, I have you... said a lot of shocking things on live radio and in podcast forms. I have said a lot of stuff. I have never compared a football game to the 9-11 terrorist attacks. That's, <laughs> That's a credit to I me said. and my professionalism. That should be put on my any... resume. When, I, when,
2: when you, I said, I don't know if it's the greatest threat. I didn't hear you say in our lifetime. I was thinking of like multiple world wars, like, stuff like that okay and i didn't say that it was as bad as 9-11 i said it was the nfl's uh version of 9-11 for the general which public. is I, still a
0: ridiculous I have, statement
2: i i listen listen 9-11 we, is we don't, the greatest I, american
0: I, tragedy I, of our I, lifetime i don't forget
2: i have not forgotten actually i was born after 9-11 so i it's impossible for me to forget something that i was literally not around to remember but uh
1: i oh god making me feel super old today this is a fun yeah podcast. yeah Thanks, i'm sorry guys.
2: about that but li- listen <laughs> listen i recognize 9-11 as a tragedy and i want to be very clear i am one of the the few privileged fan bases that does not view this as uh, uh a 9-11 adjacent event i find it quite joyous this not 9-11 i want to be very clear about that <laughs> i don't like 9-11 i like my team being in the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I will I will say sometimes from, you know, a former boss of mine said that one time called my tweets quote out there and told me that that I really needed to to focus on my social media presence and being careful about what I said on social media. I've said a lot of outlandish things on social media. I've said a lot yeah. of outlandish things on this podcast. I have never brought up 9-11 in comparison to a football game. So I, I think that's that's a plus for me. ESPN, if you're listening, which I know you are, <laughs> you know, keep that in mind. I should be the next host of SportsCenter. I'm not going to get on the air and compare Chiefs Eagles to uh, literally, again, the worst American tragedy of our lifetime. Hashtag never forget.
1: Well, that... as, as a good segue into the next bit,
0: with no rebuttal yeah. at all,
1: I've also overheard Bradford say that he frequently thinks about Hitler. So, Eric, on with That's
2: the
0: show. Not... <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what a wild! Uh, I mean, you're not the first football pundit to do it. Did you see the the Tom Brady clip where people were where the was like, "I'll always remember where I was when Tom Brady was retired." I I'll remember it the way people remember the JFK assassination and 9/11. Did, did you see that clip? That is an actual real clip oh, that a real professional person said on NFL Network. It It was kind of crazy.
1: See, I will remember more where I was when I watched Matt Milano fold Mike White in half like a phone book. Yeah.
0: <laughs> True. Brady, All right, whatever. Well, with that, we can get into uh, to the show. I just thought we needed to clarify some things from uh, Monday's show because, I mean, we opened in that way, and Brian was clearly uncomfortable. So I moved on, but I live in that mode of uncomfortability. And I think Mason does as well. And so does Bradford. So uh, we just had to discuss 9 11 and how that compares to the Super Bowl. Can we definitively say the fact that America will have to watch the Super Bowl is not equivalent to 9-11? Can we all agree on that? Uh,
2: I guess. There will be less casualties. Oh, my God. Unless the media shows up. Unless the media shows up. There will be less casualties. What do you think? There will be
0: more ztf have i told you about ztf let's move to meteor talk so i i, I assume you're you're referencing ztf um i'm not
1: no mason, i just always hope for the meteor when it's something i don't like
0: mason which is this comet not a meteor uh that i went to i was in la over the weekend for a work trip and i went to the famous griffith observatory and one of the astronomers uh I didn't know anything about it, but he was like, you know what's right above us? And I was like, what? And he was like, ZTF. And I was like, what was that? And he was like, well, the media is totally blowing it out of proportion. So I just wanted to let our listeners know, ZTF is being completely blown out of proportion by the media. Don't buy into it. It's not a real thing. It's not impressive.
1: As for all actual uh, space rocks that tend to come in near Earth orbits, it's it's like literally like Tens of thousands of miles that they pass within, and it's considered that none of them have actually come anywhere near close enough to be concerning. So I'm right on board with you on that one. Uh,
0: Do we think that a meteor will hit the Earth within our lifetimes?
1: I mean, it depends on what size you're talking about, and I forget how big enough to cause one
2: hit Russia literally years ago. Right, big enough to cause. An extinction event? Is that what is oh, that is that what we're referring to here?
0: Over a hundred thousand casualties. I mean
1: at that point, I think the one that hit Russia, as long as it hit like an actual cityscape, it could easily probably eclipse that kind of a casualty count just by hitting a couple of sky rises. So I mean, is it likely? Probably not.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad see we got the important questions out of the way first. Who ultimately, right, Mason? Who cares about the Chiefs? Like, it's, it's whatever. let's move on. Wash our hands. Yeah, we're done. I I think that's it. I think we did the podcast. Everyone, thank you so much for listening.
2: 9 11 and the impending threat of existential meteor strikes. Anything to not talk about the Chiefs. That sounds exactly like a Chiefs podcast.
0: We will see you tomorrow. It'll be a great show. We'll be back Friday with our predictions. Until then, Uh, Uh, we'll see you guys. All right. Let's get to the main event. Uh, Bradford, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They are. Would you like me to troll you early or late? Would you like to be you surprised do. by my trolling?
2: I, You can hit me with it right off the bat. Just smack me upside the head with it. Um, I'm thirsty for it.
0: Is it fair to say that if Patrick Mahomes loses this game after going to five consecutive AFC Championship games and now playing in three Super Bowls, if he comes away from that with only one Super Bowl, is it fair to say that Patrick Mahomes lacks the clutch team?
2: I am not going to dignify that with a response.
0: I, I think it's a fair question. I mean,
2: Tom Brady, you if, know, if you Brady went to three. Okay, Super but Bowls Tom Brady's clutch gene early in his career was winning while putting up sixteen points. Clutch gene is a relative. Is a relative. Uh, con- I'm just saying, he's been to five
0: conference titles and he has one Super Bowl.
2: Well, how about the clutch gene of getting there? First of all, we got to put that clutch gene in perspective. But I mean, looking at how the do we, team do we has get
0: trophies for getting to the Super Bowl,
2: please. Uh, Bengals fans seem to think so. I, but I, I mean, think I it's think cool. it's
0: about winning.
2: I think that uh here's here's what I'd say, right? I'm sure it'll be a you know, he's got a, a losing Super Bowl record or whatever. Uh, I mean, it kind of depends on how the game goes, but I think if you look at the majority of his playoff exits, they have been not because of him whatsoever. Like, obviously, you could point to the Bengals one. But, I mean, the Patriots AFC Championship, they won. And then D. Ford went offside. Like, that was just an offside. It it happens. Like, I I feel like... I mean, then then they won the Super Bowl the next year. And then he never had a chance in (laughs) the Buccaneers Super Bowl. Like, I, I feel like... I feel like unless this loss is like the kind of loss where it's like, oh, it's on him. Uh, maybe, maybe you can make that a narrative. I wouldn't buy into it personally, but uh, frankly, if the Chiefs lose this, I'm expecting like sort of like a Tom Brady 2017 Super Bowl stat line, where it's just like he went all out and it just wasn't enough against a juggernaut.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um...
1: So I have a Mason. somewhat related question for yeah, you, Bradford. Mason, Mason and, can you uh, go ahead now. I don't. I don't want to take credit for it because it's not necessarily my question. It was made famous by a uh, Dave Damashek and and uh, as from some clips and some <laughs> articles I've seen, he's still very much annoying people with this question. So I felt the need to annoy you with it as well. Um, so it's been a long year. It's been a trying year. It's been tough. Uh, would you say this is a must-win game for uh, the Chiefs there?
0: And a, a would... follow a, a follow up from RepressCore. press corps: If it's not a must win, is it a can't lose?
2: <laughs> Which that. is it? Which is it? I I I personally believe that a loss would greatly hurt the Chiefs' Super Bowl chances this this season. I but think that's not really an harder.
0: answer to to. It is pressure. hard to
1: argue with that though. That is some point in observation.
0: Please answer: Is it a must win or can't lose?
2: I would say it is a – you can't lose it because if you lo- if you blow it, if you lose it, you blow it, but maybe they outwin you, you know? You just can't outlose them, if that makes any sense. I would rather have won than losed. you know?
0: That's true. You know, if you're going to overdo
1: one of them, the winning side definitely feels like the one you want to.
2: That's kind of where I'm leaning on it.
0: You know, I I think that's a totally, totally fair answer, Bradford. Uh, I'll uh, I'll give it to you on that one. Thank you so much for indulging our questions. Okay, but
2: when the Eagles are the subject, we get professional questions. I I do have a professional question. I do actually have one. The show is coherent, everybody's engaged. We're talking about football, and now I have to deal with this. There's non sequiturs Uh, media, 9-11. This is absurd.
1: How 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 confident are you though going into this game, looking at your roster and seeing it's like the healthiest it's freaking been all year? Like getting Clyde Edwards a layer back, like I know he hasn't played all year, but I mean now it's some unknown on the field on top of what you already have. Like that's gotta feel good. And from what I've seen of all the reports, it sounds like everybody is full practicing. Like uh, could you ask for better going into the Super Bowl? Like that has to feel pretty great.
2: I'm. I overall, it's very healthy. Like obviously, I think we're past the point of making Mahomes' ankle a talking point whatsoever. I think we can just yeah. collectively, as a society, move on from that. Uh, the defense being uh, uh, healthy is 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 pretty big. Like it, it definitely looks like uh, things are trending in the right direction for luxurious need. My concern is. I mean, I, I don't really care with Clyde Edwards-Holera either way. Like, they've been, they've found a way to be very, if not more productive without him. But uh, not that he hurts things, but it's, I, I'm, i I'm, it's, it's a little too early to know for sure. But the state of the wide receiver room has me just a tiny bit nervous. It looks like there's a chance that McCall Hardman might have played his last game as a chief already. And
0: I think that's confirmed oh, at this point. I think he's yeah, on IR. Oh,
2: yeah. And Hardman. Yeah. Like, I I believe Juju will be good to go, but uh, Tony's always up in the air. So, like, without Hardman and Tony and all that, the whole wide receiver shuffle gets a lot uh, more compact, and you're sort of going to be looking for maybe Sky Morda to to have a big game or MVS to have another big game like he did uh, before. So I'm a little concerned about the state of the wide receivers, but overall, like, I trust Mahomes to get it done with a subpar cast, and the defense being healthy is absolutely huge.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the matchups that I focus in on on this game are between secondaries and uh, wide receivers uh, on both sides of the ball, to be completely honest with you, because I think the, one of the best units in this game, and maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow, we'll just do some rankings of all the units in this game. Um, I think one of the best units in this game is the Eagles secondary, and I think one of... The more suspect is the Chiefs wide receiver group, which I will say credit to Marquez Valdez Scantling. This was something that you know in our conference recap, YB was on, so there wasn't as much time for me to talk and stuff. So I did want to throw this out here. That was an incredibly impressive game. That was a like oh, yeah. a fast like as a chief. Like a career game for Marquez Valdez Scantling. And if he can put together another clutch performance like that where he just finds the holes in his own and can have that kind of mind meld with Mahomes like he did in that game. I I really do think that the Chiefs have a decent shot to win this game because if he can be a weapon along with Travis Kelsey, I I just think that's a huge upside. And uh he proved he could do it against a pretty good Bengals secondary. So I, I'm just interested to see how he uh, moves against the Eagles. My question uh, for you is this, Bradford. We've talked about this a little bit before. Isaiah Pacheco, explosive when he touches the ball. Seems like every time that he gets involved, something good happens for the Chiefs offensively. But his usage rates, I was looking at this today, are among the lowest of any playoff running back This year, and and that carries over to the regular season. What is the hesitancy for Andy Reid to give him the ball? Did he have ball control issues earlier in the year? I don't remember that. Like, I don't understand why he is not a bigger part of the
2: offense. I mean, you're asking a question that a lot of Chiefs fans have been asking all year. No turnover problems. I don't even know if he's had a fault, maybe one this entire year. I think, I mean, a lot of his production has really come from the screen game uh like that's i mean that's kind of been the chief's whole main means of getting a downfield right like they have this insane amount of like 20 yard plays but then you look at like how many of those are screens and i'd, I'd be willing to bet a, a few of those belong to uh pacheco uh and i i imagine that especially if the wide receiver room is is banged up you'll be seeing a lot of him in like kind of the short short passes short screens game as far as just straight running him I'm not totally sure. Like, there isn't really a good argument against it that I can think of because he's proven to be very effective. Uh, Andy Reid has evolved a lot as a coach, but he still struggles with running the clock out a little bit, and they don't run the ball with the lead nearly as much as they should. Uh, So I don't don't really know why they don't do that. I mean, I guess – Part of the mentality is like, oh, you know, we've got an MVP quarterback. Let's just let him take care of business. And he usually does. But, yeah, I I, I definitely think that uh, a key to victory would be uh, leaning on him if the wide receiver room is hurting. Because Pacheco has been nothing but excellent all year.
0: Yeah. It, just puzzling to me, his usage throughout the season. Uh, it, it's just – Interesting that he doesn't get more touches because he is one of their best offensive players, I would argue at this point. Mason, do you have another question, or, or can I ask I, another I one? Do. I do. I have. I actually have one
1: last question that uh, has been rattling around. Oh well, me. come up so,
0: with while well, well, I ask my next one, come up with like at least two more because I do want to give Bradford his his day. That's fair. Give him, give him. All right. So if if I were in your position, the one
1: concern. I would have going into this game is that unlike the beginning of the year where it was just like the AFC was this powerhouse and they were putting down teams, like there hasn't been like a really super impressive win in a minute. Like, does that bother you at all? Or are you just happy to be getting through? Cause I mean, like, you know, I, I know I would be saying the whole, like, no, wins a win, you know, it is how it is, but like, there'd be a little concern in the back of my head.
2: I'm not too concerned about it. The Chiefs over the past several years have kind of made like uh win, uh, <laughs> don't cover the spread kind of a habit. You know, like
1: I I, uh, I I, lived that this year. I know exactly how that feels.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bills do it too. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs, I think, I mean, they have <laughs> the same amount of points for as the Eagles, like it down to like the exact point. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but. I think any more than the Eagles should be concerned about a lack of impressive wins lately. I mean, the the path the Eagles have taken to the Super Bowl has not been particularly impressive to my eyes. Like, I I, I feel like the Chiefs uh, exist in a a bend don't break mentality all the time, and they almost never break. They bend, but they don't break. And so, I don't know. I'm I'm not really expecting them to win by blowing out the Eagles.
0: Uh, My next question was this. I've seen this a little bit from uh, people like – I'm forgetting his first name, but the Schwartz brother that played for the Chiefs. Jeff, right? Mitchell Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz. Is the Chiefs offensive line overhyped? Like no. is there is there a chance they go into this game and the Eagles kind of work them because I think there's a chance that that happens.
2: I don't think there is. I trust this off. This is one of the best offensive line units in the league, like kind of right with the Eagles and like Where have they
0: just they... played no one with a pass rush?
2: They've played plenty of pass rush. I think I think the key thing for them The Bengals got is... good pressure rate on them. Yeah, but it doesn't matter when you get good pressure rate, right? when you have Mahomes dancing back there, right? Like, I, he made an interesting decision this offseason. I commend him for it, where he just decided he didn't want to get sacked anymore. And so he just decided he's not doing it now, and he just doesn't get sacked. And it's like, I don't know. I I, I think uh, Creed, Hump, I, I think the best two centers in the NFL are playing in this game, personally. Like, he's not going to get brutalized. I think... Uh, obviously, with Orlando Brown, you never really know. But this offensive line is just so solid. Like, you can always trust Tooney. Uh, you can always trust Humphrey. Uh, you can usually trust Orlando Brown. I mean, he got nominated to the Pro Bowl this year. I don't know if it was exactly uh, the best uh, Pro Bowl nod for him, but uh, it is what it is. Like, Trey Smith has been an absolute revelation out of the sixth round. Like, I'm, I'm not too worried about the offensive line. Like, they, they don't need to, like, They haven't been caved in all year. And obviously the Eagles will be the best pass rush that they've played all year because the Eagles have the best pass rush in the NFL. But I don't think it'll be such a great, like, mismatch of offensive line to pass rush that that'll be their potential undoing. Like, the Chiefs offensive line has done nothing but be very solid all year. Like, I think they've earned our trust.
0: Hmm. I I don't know. I I, I think – I've seen enough from enough smart people that think they're a little bit overhyped, but I semi believe that.
2: What's too. the weakness that you're concerned about? Like I, well, Orlando or Brown. My concern is that that, Brown. that would be yes. my concern. But
0: the Chiefs, uh, I think, if you have, have a suspect tackle against Jason Reddick, you're going to get Hassan Reddick. Pardon me,
1: Jason. <laughs> Jason. <Yeah. Reddick>.
0: <laughs> you're you're <laughs> like going to get you. you're going to get absolutely cooked. I think Hassan Reddick is playing like the best pass rusher
2: in football right now. I don't disagree with you. I don't know. I just, I just don't see. I just don't see this, this Chiefs line getting brutalized. Like, even if uh, uh, Orlando Brown's having a rough day, they'll adapt. They'll adjust. They change the protections. They'll bring in extra help. Uh, they love bringing in their running backs for blocks. Like the, I trust them to adapt. The offensive line is not the unit to be concerned about here.
0: Yeah. Interesting on that one. Mason, your next question so, while I formulate one more here. So um
1: I, I've got two and I'll I'll go with um the first one was uh inspired again by a bit of the, the media thing. Uh Chris Jones. Do you want him to get paid by the Chiefs?
2: Yeah, I saw that whole that whole thing too. Uh yeah, that Chris was Jones, nice exchange. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Chris Jones needs to be paid by the Chiefs. Like, there's no... This defense is very solid. Uh, They found uh, an exceptional formula, and it's a formula that has been perfected without, you know, overwhelming superstars. But Chris Jones is the overwhelming superstar, right? Like, Like, what he's been able to do from the interior this year has been absolutely insane. Like, a Defensive Player of the Year campaign, I don't think he's going to get it because of what Bosa did, but overall, like without chris jones this whole thing wouldn't work like he needs to be paid and he needs to have a big game like i understand you're not going to light up the eagles offensive line but chris jones is going to find a way through a couple times if the chiefs are going to win like i and i i believe like he is absolutely dialed in i mean uh last game against the Bengals, i mean he was still looking for his first playoff sack had plenty of pressure just never got the sack and the anthem singer is singing this beautiful rendition of the American Anthem. I'm not a very patriotic person, especially not for, you know, the, the, U S Anthem, but it was a beautiful rendition. And they cut to Chris Jones right before the game. And he's, he's preparing and he has a single tear go down the side of his face. Just almost like he was asking for forgiveness for what he was about to do to Joe Burrow. And I think that's the kind of uh, mentality he's going to have coming into this one too. Like, yeah, they, they, I, I don't want them to pay Chris Jones. They need to pay Chris Jones. Like, the whole thing does not work without, it. like, all of a sudden then, what is, is? are you going to try and uh, go into a season with Frank Clark as your best pass rusher? That's not, like, he's fine, but he's super streaky. Like, that's not going to happen.
1: That's fair. And so question number two is actually kind of similar guy opposite side of the ball. Do you think Travis Kelsey can continue on? His, I mean, he's got triple the receptions of anyone else on the team. Twenty-five targets over two games. Like, can they keep doing that
2: to people? I, I mean, you would think <laughs> that, like, at some point in the past couple years, teams would be like, maybe we should cover Travis Kelsey. And I mean, they still the, been able the to next figure it out. Four
1: receivers are Belles, Scantling, Pacheco, Tony, and Smith Schuster. Like, you can't
2: tell me that they don't
1: know it's going to Kelsey. <laughs>
2: the thing it's 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 strange like this Chiefs team like set a record for most players with a touchdown i believe or at least they tied i i want to say i was living this this is like the most in like a non-strike year. i think they tied like uh the 87 dolphins or something like that and it's like the kelsey is the one constant right like everybody else cycles in and out some have big games some disappear and it's like if it was anybody else i'd be like he's got to slow down eventually right but there doesn't really seem to be any like he he never seems to have injuries piling up. It just seems to keep trucking on. Like I don't really see a reason not to believe that he's not just going to do this next year too. Like it 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 just to me it doesn't seem like his body's giving up on him at all, which is kind of where it falls apart for guys like him, right? Where it's like they're they're super physical. Yeah, Gronkowski,
1: and... that was definitely yeah. his downfall. It's like he was great, but he kept breaking down.
2: Yeah, Kelsey is not had that problem yet luckily and i mean if he did like this team would be like I, once again you always trust them to figure it out but like losing kelsey would be significantly worse than losing hill was right like how many times and i mean i'm sure you can attest to this as an opposing fan how many times have you like been watching a game against the chiefs and been like we got him, we got him and then travis kelsey it's just every time
1: the part that bothers me is he'll be open by like five yards and it makes no freaking sense because there are three people looking at him and not one of you are nearby like what are we all doing right now he's a
2: phenomenal just like release valve like i feel like i feel like he i feel like it's just he's always just like uh one step ahead of the defense that way and i think it's because he's he figured out with Not that he wasn't exceptional before Mahomes came along, but he figured out very quickly that all he had to do was have, like, the slightest bit of space to spin around. And, like, you'll notice with Kelsey, almost all of his catches, they don't come on the exact scripted route that he was supposed to run. It's crazy. Like, there's so many times where it's like, that's sort of the route. But the second he realizes that it's not going to be perfect, he just turns around and expects Mahomes to find him. Like, once his shoulder starts moving, that's his signifier to Mahomes. Like, all right, I'm ready. And he's not going to drop it. He's Travis Kelsey. And it's like, I don't know. Until his body starts sh- like giving up on him, but like, there's no reason to believe he's he's going to stop. Like, it's just uh, he can and will continue to get away with it.
0: My final question here is – the place where I have the most concern for the chiefs does spags magic run out secondary wise, because I would argue the number one thing that Steve Spagnola is great at doing is coaching up his secondary to the point that he takes basically players who would not be starting on most NFL rosters and turns them into non-liabilities. Like, he he has got three very low-round rookies right now, except for Trent McDuffie, playing on his secondary. And for the most part, they've done pretty well throughout the playoffs. The Eagles have the best offense that the Chiefs are going to face. They're a better offense than the Bengals were when they played them. And they are certainly a better offense than uh, anyone than the Jaguars were. Do you think that those very young, unproven wide receivers can continue to be non-liabilities? Because I just worry that there is a chance we get into this game and Devonte Smith and AJ Brown just take over and torch young small corners because the, the chiefs have young small corners
2: it's it's tough to say i mean i think one thing that has kind of like you're saying spags is great at obviously coaching these guys up but also like putting them in positions to succeed like it's he he loves his own coverages like i don't know i I feel like at this point, uh, the kids have proven like they're they're trustable in general. I mean, like they were going up against like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and not getting cooked, and like so like so so much of the way Spags set this up and kind of like as uh, the way the defense evolved more or less is like they've turned into like playing like absolutely ridiculous amounts of like split safeties, right? Like you put like the two safeties up high, right? prevent all that stuff and then always kind of disguising some type of rush stuff at the line. And it's like, I think doing that the way they have has definitely put their rookies in a position where it's like, you don't have to be one-on-one isolated with these guys. They're trying to make their life easier. So I trust Spags enough that if somebody was having a a off day, like let's say, uh, you know, I I don't think it'd be McDuffie. McDuffie has been nails all year when he's played, but let's say that like a Jalen Watson is having a rough time keeping up with like, you know, like a, a Devonte Smith. I trust Spags to adjust in a way where he, uh, he puts him in a position where he doesn't have to be doing those one-on-one coverages. That being said, where this would fall apart, in my opinion, is if they can't get any pressure without throwing an extra guy at the line, then it puts too much pressure on this young secondary, in my opinion. For this secondary to work, you have to be able to get uh, consistent—not necessarily like insane pressure, but consistent pressure—to alleviate just a little bit of the stress on your on your young guys. I mean, they're not necessarily rookies anymore, right? This is like their twentieth game now. Like, they're they've 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 definitely you know cut their teeth in the NFL at this point. But it's tough to say. Like, I I think this game really is going to come down for the Chiefs. If they can get pressure, they'll win. I think. I trust the offense to get the job done. And if they can get pressure, it'll take enough stress off uh, the young secondary. That's that's kind of where the key is. I don't think it'll be a nightmare, you know? Like, I I don't see them getting, like, absolutely ravaged by A.J. Brown because they they haven't been a team that's gotten ravaged by individual players this year. And one of the main things that is better than previous years is they don't miss tackles like they used to, right? It's amazing what happens when you're not playing Dan Sorensen or uh, Mike Hughes on Gabe Davis. Like, you'd think after, like, his fourth touchdown, you'd be like, hmm, maybe we should stop doing that. Like, they don't have those liabilities anymore. And if somebody does mess up, they always have to split safeties to help them out, right? So it's like they haven't really had players run wild on them. I don't know. I, I don't I don't see a defensive meltdown coming here.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I, I'll i just be... You're right. The scheme prevents that from happening. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I I am just... In, interested in in seeing how those two match up because on paper it's a big mismatch. Uh my final question for you, Bradford, is this uh you are Andy Reed right now. You're putting together your game plan for the Super Bowl offensively and defensively, you have your hands in everything. What you is are, your you game three cheeseburgers? Yeah. What <laughs> what is your game plan to win the Super Bowl?
2: Uh, uh, 40 straight Philly specials, just again and again and again, just Philly special, Philly special. And the second they're like, he's not going to run Philly special. Guess what? Philly special. Uh, the game plan, the game plan, I think, Uh, I always hate questions like this because the game plan is always score more points than the other team, right? Like, I think the Chiefs, Uh, it's going to be, it's kind of like we were saying with the previous questions so much of the offensive game plan is going to be compensating for a potential weakness at wide receiver, right? If MVS can't step up like he did against the Bengals, but you can't expect a guy like that to step up that big every week, right? I think that we'll see a lot of, uh, uh, like, a lot of those, like, uh, sneaky little, little 20-yard screens that they run. So much of it is based on trickery. And for Andy Reid, like, I don't know. He definitely will have something special cooked up. Whenever these big games come along, he always just keeps something in the back pocket. I think of the whole thing that he copped from like a 50s Rose Bowl in the Niners Super Bowl. Like I think for Reed, he needs to adapt to the fact that if the Chiefs get out to a lead, you can't keep throwing it constantly all the time. You are going to have to turn to Pacheco. You are going to have to turn to McKinnon and not Ronald Jones. No more Ronald Jones, Andy. Stop trying to make Ronald Jones happen. It's not happening. We don't need to see Ronald Jones in this game. That's not something that anybody needs to see. But yeah, like I trust Mahomes. He's he's obviously going to trust Mahomes not to throw the game away, but like make, make life easier on him. You know, Mahomes is going to give you some superhuman type plays. Like I think one key is if there is a depth of wide give Sky Moore a chance. Every time Sky Moore has gotten a chance, good things have happened, except for on punt returns for the most part. But then during the Bengals game, he gave him a huge play. Like I think you're going to have to like trust in, in the young guys as they have all year, uh, and the key to victory lies somewhere in there.
0: Okay. Anything else, Mason? And then I'll give uh, Bradford. You can if there's anything you think we miss, we can uh, wrap up here.
1: Uh nope I uh I hate you and everybody who's a Chiefs fan so you know there's that
0: okay Bradford final thoughts you won't be back with us until Friday but you will be around Friday right that'll be our big pick show where we do some picking you'll be around Friday yeah uh, cool
2: I will be I think that uh I think we've basically said it all I just i, I, I want I wanted to uh, thank you guys for for putting up with the Chiefs thing over over the past year. I know it's exhausting. Uh, you know, you picked the wrong team to kind of hate and the whole game of happiness. and i yeah. I appreciate the good sported nature that you both have, especially Mason. Uh, Eric gets a little salty sometimes, but I appreciate the good the good sported nature that both of you had throughout all this because, <laughs> I get
0: unnecessarily attacked. Bradford, I've said this since... Mid November. Since mid November, I have had the biggest bet of my life, like an eighty-four dollar Chiefs Super Bowl future. Like I am rooting for the Chiefs here. Like if if the Chiefs win, I stand to make about four hundred dollars on Sunday. Like I'm hyped if the Chiefs win this game. It's really not oh, that man, bad. So if they me. lose, you're both
1: gonna be fucking miserable.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I will be pretty pissed if the Chiefs lose.
2: Ah. Uh... I, I, I think, I think, uh, I think the key thing here is, regardless of the outcome of this game, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on doing a good job as, as every Chiefs fan should. Enjoy the moment. Like this is absolutely ridiculous. This is not something that just happens. It almost never happens. And whether or not they win this game doesn't change. Like what an incredible ride it's been for the past five years. I'm sure there'll be more deep runs in the future things look bright the team's super young uh they've got an absolute god at quarterback brett veach knows what he's doing andy reid still has a good few years left in him just enjoy it right you can't you can't let yourself get down about the results in one game but i want to leave you with one thought and this isn't my thought This is the words of uh, Mitch Holtis, the Chiefs radio announcer. been the Chiefs radio guy for 30 years. Absolute legend. And as he said at the end of the Bengals AFC Championship game a couple weeks ago, he said, you can dislike the Chiefs. You can discredit the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. But you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. We'll see you this Sunday.
0: Yeah, we're certainly gonna have to deal with the Chiefs. That is uh, that is just a died in the wool fact. All right. Tomorrow Don't Christian's... worry, Eric. It'll be
2: over in about ten years. Ten, fifteen years. Yeah. Division's yours.
0: Uh, Christian Esparza will be with us. Um tomorrow. We will talk about some Super Bowl storylines. Think about some Mason tomorrow while you go about your day. Um, we'll probably talk about some of this Saints news. I know I said I thought the Derek Hart trade would happen today. I really do think by the end of the week we get Derek Cartrade news. Uh, so I think keep an eye out on that for tomorrow. And for those of you who have been on this podcast feed and really just can't get enough Eric, you know, Uh, we we have been doing an NBA podcast recently directly after our recording tomorrow. uh, I will be jumping on to do a trade deadline recap of our NBA podcast and then uh, expect more NBA podcasts in the coming weeks. All right, boys, thank you so much for joining us. Chiefs Eagles. We've knocked out the team previews. We can have some fun tomorrow, Friday, expect a very short show around 30 minutes, We'll give our picks. We will maybe make some props. We'll, we'll have a good time. Until then, and until tomorrow, peace out. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. See you tomorrow.